Mic check one two one two. Hey girl. <laughs> What's going on, sister? Nada. You sound really far away today. Oh, well, hold on, wait. Uh, is that any better? Is it any clearer? Hmm. Say something else. Any better? Maybe it's mine. I don't know. Oh. Do I sound like I'm far away? No. No, it sounds oh. really clear. Okay, right on. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting into um, some ghosts and goblins today. Yeah, yeah, you know, Halloween's coming up, so that's that's what we need to have. Okay, I want to hear your right. stuff. For, you have, okay, first of all, do you believe in the afterlife? I I think so. I mean, I'm I'm not um I'm not religious. Uh, not, you know, I don't believe that, but I, I just can't imagine that you are completely gone. You know, the moment that your body gives up, <laughs> I can't imagine that every part of you is gone. Right. I agree with that. So right. is that, what are, what are your thoughts on it though? Other than that? I do believe, I do believe that we, we go on. I don't know how, I don't know where you go. I don't know if you come back as a tree or a donut I you know I don't know right. but I you know what I mean but I do believe that um yeah your soul does live on somehow some way yeah so and I've had in my lifetime I feel like one experience is freaky enough well I have to say freaky in my terms because maybe somebody else might think it's cool or some shit like that but uh, freaky to me so I've had more than one um story that I'm gonna share after you share yours and that right there just made me think I know for a fact you know (laughs) so yeah okay okay well um all right so my my stories are um let's see the first the first one this one is just kind of odd uh to me my my best friend and I we were um, 16 years old, riding in her. She had a little Geo Metro, <laughs> and we were riding her little Geo Metro, going out, you know, being a, uh, being the cool kids on a Saturday night. And neither one of us had curfews. I know that's that's very weird, but for whatever reason, I, I guess. Well, she had kind of a curfew, but her parents just they did not instill it, or they would fall asleep, you know, <laughs> or we would get home a lot of the time. Um, I, I never had one, but I didn't like, I didn't really do anything. So anyway, um, as far as like, I didn't really stay out, you know, I it wasn't, it wasn't necessary to give me a curfew because I was such an, a nerdy little kid that didn't really do anything. Um, but that's, that's beside the point. So we were driving down, <laughs> we were driving down this um, little patch of road and supposedly they say that um, this little area of, of Fredericksburg, it's where um, this tiny town Fredericksburg meets this other tiny town, King George. There's a strip where there's um, nothing but, but uh, trees and a four lane divided highway. There's no lights of any kind. Um, if anybody is familiar with the Lisk girls that were murdered and dumped in that area, like they were dumped in the, the ditch or the, the woods back there, they were not murdered there, but some people claim that's why it's haunted, you know, because they were left there. But um, we were driving through that area and we were listening to music and, you know, we weren't really talking or anything. So we were heading home and suddenly this light and there's no light out there, no other cars behind us or ahead of us. It's a very deserted area. Um, and this, this light comes up. There was no moon either, I should say. No moon, no stars. It was a very overcast night, um, probably about one in the morning, I think. And it comes up over the hood of her car and then comes up her windshield and goes over it. Like it, it, it didn't come in. You know, like when I say that, when you think of like a light coming to, once you think a light hits the windshield, you imagine that it then casts its light onto, say, your hands or the inside of the car or, you know, like it, it creates light inside the car because it's going through the glass of the windshield. But that didn't happen. It was like whatever this was just went up over the windshield and then over the car. And I didn't know if she saw it at first. So I, I just kind of sat there like, what the hell did I just see? And I, I looked in her, um, her mirror and her side view mirror. Cause she was driving and I was riding 
and there was nothing behind us. There was no light. There was there were no cars. There was nothing. It was just gone. And a second later, she goes, and I said, I did. What the hell was that? She's like, I don't know. Like, and it was just, it was the most terrifying thing for us. I don't feel like I can paint this picture enough to make anybody else have the chills that <laughs> I have when I mention it. But it, it scared the hell out of both of us. And we drove home the rest of the way. I was like, is she, I think she said, you know what? I, let's just not talk about it. We can't talk about it right now. Let's just wait till we get home. So we got, because <laughs> that's the smart thing to do. So we got home to her house and we were talking about it. And then we both just decided we were just too scared. We just couldn't talk. We just could not deal with it at that time of night. And I'm pretty sure I was spending the night that night. Um, so I just, we just went to bed and then the next morning when it was daylight and it was safe out, <laughs> we yeah. could talk about it. <laughs> I, we still have no idea what it was. We had mentioned it to a couple of people, you know, just in passing over the years. And, um, her mom actually had said, uh, like her, her mom is, um, is, is Christian and is, um, religious. And she said, you know, I think that it was an angel looking over you, which is a really nice thought. Um, <laughs> what i'm not i'm not dismissing it i just wanted to add to that her dad oh, okay. it sounded like, like oh yeah well that was a nice thought i <laughs> know <laughs> i didn't i'm sorry i didn't mean it like that <laughs> I, I was i was trying to add um because her dad had been um at one point he his car had broken down near that same area and i mean this was gosh, I want to say years after our, our experience there. And he was walking from his car trying to get to the closest gas station, which was a couple miles from there. Uh, it still is at this point. Like there really is just nothing in that little area. Um, but he heard voices. Like he said, he heard voices. He was scared out of his mind. He had no idea. There's nobody around. There's no houses there. There is just nothing there. Uh, there used to be a renaissance fair there for a couple of years and the buildings are still there way, way back in the woods. Like it's all overgrown. Sometimes people will go out there and, you know, check it out. It, it looks like a, like a haunted old uh, village that was um, just like everybody up and died, you know, kind of thing. But really it was just that the run fair lost money and nobody ever came to tear down any of the, uh, any of the property that was there. So um, but, but he heard voices and he said they were, they were evil, you know, and, and he's, he was not a religious man. He's since passed away, but he was not um, a very religious man. Uh, and, and so that was kind of like, like when she and I heard that, we just kind of looked at each other like, oh my God. <laughs> so that's why I said it, I guess, kind of dismissively uh, when her mom said it was an angel because he had said, and people claim, like I said, that when they go through that area, they feel something weird or they hear things or they see things and, some people, I said, have attributed it to the um, the Lisk girls that were left there. But when we had our experience, it was before the Lisk girls um, had been dropped in that area. So that's that's one of mine. Um, I mean, I have I have another. If you would like me to tell it, or I can let you go. Yes. What was that? I'd love to hear it. Okay. All right. Well, I, ha I have two more. I'll share them with you, and then you you go. Um, one of them is not my story. It's actually um, my husband's story. When he was growing up in his house, um, he said that he was asleep in bed. And, and to, now I should also preface this by saying that at this point, he's decided he was dreaming. But when I first met him, he didn't say that. Like he, he <laughs> was still, as far as I know, convinced that uh, this had really happened. So um, he said that he was asleep and he woke up and he was a young kid. You know, I think he was around eight years old. And he woke up and he just felt like somebody was in, you know, in his room. And he lifted his head up and looked out toward the door. And there was an old lady standing in the doorway, just staring at him. And he, he got so scared that he couldn't move. And that, then the lady just, she walked away. And that was, that was the end of that one. And so now he says, no, I must've been dreaming, but uh, for years, he thought it was haunted, and I've decided that yes, his house was haunted. Like I wouldn't go there for a while. I didn't want to go to his parents' house because I was so scared of it. And he was like, yeah. "It was just a dream." Like I wonder if he told me it was just a dream because you know he wanted me to get over my fear. <laughs> <laughs> the old lady doesn't even want you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
So, and my last one is um, my, I, when I grew up, um, growing up in my, the old farmhouse that I used to live in, my, um, my parents had gotten divorced. So I lived in this old farmhouse with my dad and then my dad's mom, um, you know, my grandma. So when my grandma passed away, she did not pass away in the house. She'd become ill, passed away in the hospital. Um, but <laughs> for weeks after she passed away, and I should also say that she was, she was bedridden. She would never leave the house. I mean, unless it obviously was an emergency. I mean, she didn't even want to, she didn't want to go outside. Like my grandma had gotten very bad in her later years, but it was many, many years that she was just in the house bedridden. It just didn't get out of bed. Like that was it. She just stayed in bed all the time. Um, so I feel like she had a lot of ties <laughs> to this particular house. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad at the time worked shift work. So, and, and at this point, I mean, I was gosh, 18 or 19 and I still lived with him. So it wasn't like, you know, he was leaving. I wasn't a latchkey kid. <laughs> he was leaving at home. Yeah. Um, so he was at work, he would, he would work shift work and his shift work would be seven days of, uh, of day work and then seven days of evening work and then seven days of overnight work. So this particular time he was on overnight work and I was fast asleep in my bed upstairs and I heard this crash. I mean, this loud crash and I jumped up, ran down the stairs. I had a collie at the time and she would not sleep in the bed with me. She would sleep upstairs. She just slept downstairs on the couch. So when I ran down there, she's fast asleep. Nothing had woken her. Nothing had bothered her. Nothing had crashed. She just kind of looked at me like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And I looked around the room. There was nothing. I mean, nothing was out of place and nothing at all. So I thought, okay, I mean, I, I guess I dreamt it. So I went back upstairs and went back to bed. And this proceeded to happen night after night after night. And I, I didn't, I should also say that I, it's, I loved my grandma, but she was not, she wasn't my grandma anymore. You know, when those last few years, she, she wasn't the same person. We were not close. I, I mean, I did shed a few tears when she passed away, but honestly it was a relief because she was, she was miserable and she, I don't think she wanted to live anymore. So I don't feel like this was like me missing her and, and, being so distraught because I didn't feel distraught. I, you know, I, I felt relief that she wasn't suffering anymore. So um, then, like I said, this would happen weird. I would hear weird sounds when I was awake and I would go out and, and like I said, it was a very old house. It made a lot of weird sounds. It creaked a lot. It just, it, so I was used to that and I didn't get alarmed by those sounds late at night. I rarely was concerned that anything was going on. Um, other times I would come downstairs and the front door would be wide open, but our front door was, um, it's such an old house. It didn't really lock well. Like it, it wouldn't, it didn't even click into place right sometimes. So you could just push it. I mean, you had to push it really hard, but you could push it right open. Even if you locked it a lot of the time, it would just come right open. So you could say, oh, there could have been a really bad breeze, but there would be no breeze. It's just the front door was open. So I would you'd go downstairs in the middle of the night because I would hear something wouldn't sound right. And I would open up my bedroom door, no lights on. And all I could hear was the wind, you know, or like just the outside coming inside, which was <laughs> terrifying. Oh, hell no. You know, oh, hell no. There were no hallway lights, like no hallway lights in this house. There were, no, there were only overhead lights in a couple of rooms because it was very, very old. So I would have to go downstairs in the dark <laughs> and go and shut that front door. Mm-hmm. And again, my dog never alerted to anything. I mean, sometimes she would be standing up near the door like, oh, I can, you know, look outside. So we had a, a screened in front porch, which was locked. So I should say that too. The I would lock it most of the time, but sometimes I wouldn't if I didn't think I was going to get up in enough time for my, my dad, you know, my dad would have to like shove an envelope inside like where the door met the frame and get the little because it was just like a um you know what I'm talking about those little locks that like uh, uh cannot think of what they are and I'm ridiculous um they're on like front door front porches you know it's it's like a not a sliding lock but it's like a little s hook almost that clicks into a hole like a little yeah. so anyway yeah. he could take like an envelope and push that in there and unhook it if he had to Mm-hmm. So sometimes I would lock it and sometimes I wouldn't. And he would never, you know, he'd never get mad about it. It's just like, I felt bad. Like he's coming home from work. He's all tired. And now he's having to find something to dig around if I'm still asleep. So there were times that that lock was in place on the front porch, but the front door was wide open. I'd have to go and shut that. Um, and then uh, the last one, um, the last one that happened that was for me, the absolute. 
Oh, sure. It is really odd that, you know, your animal did not react because they will react to the smallest of things if it's not supposed to be there. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Um, do you think that the ghost came in and fed him an edible so he'd be quiet? <laughs> I mean, because that's crazy. Well, okay, let's say it was my grandma. Would she have been alarmed? Because, no. I mean, she, she stayed oh, downstairs. I see, I see. You know, like, let's play devil's advocate here. So if it was if it was my grandma, would she have been alarmed? Anyway? Like, this dog was the most low-key dog. that I Any dogs that I've gotten after they were adults, if I've rescued them, which is what she was. She was, like, one and a half when we got her. They're really low-key chill dogs. Any dogs that I've gotten as puppies and raised are the most neurotic, crazy <laughs> animals. I have to take responsibility for this. Mm-hmm. That's funny. <laughs> but she was the chillest dog. And like I said, she wouldn't... I wanted her to sleep in my bedroom with me. And she just was like, nah, I'm cool. Like, I don't need to hang with you. you know? yeah. <laughs> she was right. so laid back. Like she would sleep on her back in the on the couch every night, like that feet up in the air, passed out snoring. That was this dog, so mm-hmm. it didn't really startle much. <laughs> but um, so the the weirdest one for me was I was fast asleep again in my room, and a lot of the time I would fall asleep because I wouldn't I wouldn't mean to, but I would fall asleep with like the TV on or sometimes even the overhead light on. Like I would have laid down thinking, I'm just going to watch TV and then I'd just fall fast asleep. So the TV was on and the overhead light was on and I was facing away from both of those. Like I was facing the wall and facing away from my door in my bedroom, which I always kept shut. And uh, I heard my grandma scream, Stacy, Stacy, you have to get up, get up now. Like she was screaming in my ear and my eyes flew open, but I couldn't move because, you know, I was, I was asleep. So it was like, I had like sleep paralysis for a moment because I couldn't move because I was so terrified. And then I, I was able to calm myself down and roll over, which was horrifying because I kept thinking I was going to see her face, you know, in my face. There was nothing there. I got up again. I went down the stairs. The dog was asleep. The door wasn't open. Nothing had happened. But I woke her up. I want to say it was like two or three in the morning again. I woke her up and made her get in the car with me because I couldn't leave her behind. Even though she was fine, I just couldn't do it. Made her get in my car with me. And we just drove around aimlessly at like three o'clock in the morning. And I did this so many days when my dad had to work his evening shift after that happened. And one day... I called him and I would usually call him while he was at work and say, Hey, I can't sleep. So I'm going to take Lil. That was the name of the door. I'm going to take Lil for a ride. And he'd just be like, all right, well, be careful. Call me when you get back. Is there, there wasn't anything for me to get into. Like we lived out in the country. I mean, the worst thing could happen is like I could have hit a deer, which would have sucked, but I couldn't get into anything. There wasn't anywhere to go. Mm-hmm. So um, I would just drive around until I felt calm enough or until it got close enough to daylight, like maybe four o'clock in the morning. I could go home because I knew that by 445, five o'clock, it was going to, you know, daylight was going to start creeping in and I could go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I finally mentioned it to my dad one time that that had happened. And, you know, he said, you know, that happens to me too. You know, horrifying. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks for telling me. That he said, I hear it too. And so I, I was like, you do? And he's like, yeah, well, shit. <laughs> yeah. Game changer. Right? So that, that's all my, it's all my stuff. And then it stopped. It just stopped as, as suddenly as it had started, all of that stuff stopped and it never happened again. We, we lived there for years after that. And I'm, it, it just, it never happened again. So okay. that's my stuff. Yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> Especially that dog, the dog part, I really am just like, whoa, (laughs) that's crazy. So um, I don't know if anybody's familiar with uh, some of the rural parts of North Carolina, but um, around like Raleigh, Rocky Mount, Windsor, like those are very rural parts of North Carolina and um, tractor trailers run through there heavily. Okay. 
there's usually it's usually only one way coming one way going two lanes and and tractor trailers go through there often and when i was younger um my cousin was hit by a drunk driver uh, of a tractor trailer that was driving a tractor trailer and when he was hit his head came off and it rolled down a couple mailboxes from my aunt's house. Oh my God. Yeah. So there was a really tragic um, thing that happened to him. And that was my, my aunt's only child. And you can, if you can just imagine, you know, I can't even imagine, but for a long time, she kept his room just as it was. She would not change it. And I mean, that's all fine and good until she asked me to stay in it. (laughs) Um, Because sometimes my mom would, you know, let me go stay over there. Me and my sister, we would just stay over there during the summertime. Well, this one summer she was like, you know, his name was Vex. And she said, you know, you stay in his room. I'm like, no, like, I don't want to. I, I, you know, everything was the same, you know, and that creeped me out. It wasn't, you know, maybe sentimental for her, understandably, because that was her child. But for me, it creeped me the hell out. So it, it does me too. I'm with you. Yeah. So um, anyways, I was a child. I really didn't have a choice. I had to do what I was told to do. And so I slept in that room. And the, the room was a very small room. She lived in a trailer. And um, it was almost like just the perfect box shape. And so with minimal things in there, like he had a bed, he had a nightstand, he had a dresser, and then there was like nothing else, you know, not like there just wasn't there. He had little stuff on his dresser and a little stuff on his nightstand, but there was nothing. And so there was, you know, let me see, how can I explain? If I was in the bed, I could stick my leg out and I could touch the dresser. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and it was a twin bed. And so this one night, um, I was, could not go to sleep because I was scared. And, you know, I kept pulling the blankets up over my eyes and everything. Well, but one time that I pulled the blanket down, there was a, like a, a ghost transparent it was him and it, and I could tell that it was him but it was transparent like ghost like and he never said anything or anything he just stood there with his legs like crossed over each other and he just stood there and I was just I just I was so freaked out I was so freaked out I was like shaking and I threw the blanket back over me and I was so terrified to remove that blanket because I thought he would still be there. And, you know, whenever I did remove the blanket, he was gone, but holy shit, man. I am like chills horrified. Yeah. Like that was so crazy. Um, then, uh, when I got married to Dylan, uh, which is my husband's name, we moved into an apartment and then we decided that we were going to build our first home and we needed, and we were going to get married all at the same time, you know, cause that sounds smart. So um, we moved into my mother-in-law's house because it was a few months before, um, you know, our house was going to be ready. Maybe it was longer than months. I don't know, but it was a, it was a small amount of time. Um, and Dylan's grandfather had, okay. So when we went to stay there, we stayed in the basement. Okay. And so it's like, um, a one level and then you go downstairs and there's a basement and this is, this house is off of route three, just so anybody be aware off of Rutherford drive, just saying, okay. So, um, uh, Dylan's grandfather passed away, um, in the house not tragically or anything like that. He just passed away from his illnesses. Um, And it was in the master bedroom was upstairs. Well, we were in the basement and I was alone and I was trying to watch TV 
and the TV kept turning on and off. So automatically, I'm not assuming a ghost or any shit like that. I'm just thinking like something's wrong with the remote, you know? So I'm trying to like, you know, figure out what's wrong with the remote, replace the batteries and go back at it. Well, the TV keeps turning on and turning off, turning on and turning off. And I'm like, what the hell? Well, if you can just imagine that if I was sitting in the bed and I'm looking straight forward, that's where the TV is. To my right is a wall and there's a painting on that wall. Well, it started to sway, you know, as I'm like, what the hell's going on, blah, blah, It would start to sway. Okay, freaked me the hell out. That happened once, it happened again. And then I decided to tell the household about it. So I told everybody, I was like, um, you know, I told them about the TV turning off and the picture swaying and, um, you know, everybody kind of laughed me off or whatever. And I was like, I think it's, you know, your pop or whatever, you know, they laughed me off. So then one day Dylan's sister was there by herself and in our room and it happened to her. So she tells us that it happened to her. Then after it happened to her, it happened to me again. And then I told Dylan, I said, you have got to talk to your pop and let him know like, hey, hey, man, I love you. We acknowledge that we see you, but uh, you're freaking us out. Can you so can you stop? So one night we were in there, same thing over again. TV keep turning on and off. Picture starts swaying. I'm like, do it, do it now. You know? <laughs> and so he says the whole spiel or whatever, and it never happens again. Okay. Now check this out. Okay. So we move out. Uh, everybody moves out and the house is empty for a little bit. And then my sister rents the house for a little bit. Okay. I never told my sister about this. I, I pulled your dad. I never said anything to her about it or whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I probably wouldn't have told the people in the house, except I'm like, Hey, <laughs> y'all need to help us out. <laughs> <laughs> so my sister calls and tells me that one day, and the, but this time she's upstairs. She's in the master bedroom that he passed away, you know? Well, she's telling me that the TV keeps going. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing because when I told my sister, she flipped. <laughs> the TV goes on and off and, you know, same thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's Dylan's pop. She's like, what, what do you mean? And I was like, that's Dylan's grandfather that passed away. She was like, what the hell? How come you didn't tell me? And I was like, man, it happened to us when we were living there. And we told him, you know, we acknowledged his presence and told him that we loved him. And, and, you know, it never happened again. She was like, now this is some bullshit, right? (laughs) She said, how in the world did you let me move up in here? And you knew that I was like, I kind of forgot about it. Didn't even think about it. Thought it was over. Yeah, I was like, I thought it was over. And she was like, well, let me tell you, it's not over. (laughs) Yeah, so um, I I do have one more story, but it's not mine or had anything to do with me. But my husband and my sister-in-law told me about it, that they all had a a group of friends that they hung out with. And um, one of the friend's parent passed away. And uh, passed away at the at the home, and then the house was passed on to them. <clears throat> well, they used to all hang out there all the time, and my sister in law started dating the son of the house. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So they were dating. They had a little tis tis fight. Well, when they were together, he had given her a necklace, and it was a, a necklace that belonged. Um, to his dad or it was given to him from his dad, something about his dad that that had to do with that necklace. Well, when they had an argument in the kitchen and they were like breaking up, she took the necklace off, like ripped it off and she threw it. When she threw it, they said that the cabinets came open and dishes just started coming out the cabinets. Girl, do you know I would have been gone? What? (laughs) 
Oh my lord, you wouldn't even be able to sit. Where'd AT go? I don't know. <laughs> oh my god, that would have scared the hell out of me. Oh, go into the night, Caroline. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? That's so crazy. Um, they right, let me see. I'm in Lawrenceville, so about 15 minutes away from me is Stone Mountain. It's one of like the biggest parks in Georgia. Um, on the property, there used to be a Civil War hospital from the 1830s, and now they have it like a little hotel, like you can stay there and stuff. And um, rumor has it that they're, you know, I don't know how they knew that they say it's a black man because they say it's a black man. Oh, maybe they can see it like my cousin, like they can really see him and it's not just like a blur. Anyways, they say it's a black man. Like they're not profiling or anything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, they say that he sings and he whistles and sometimes he slams doors. And I'm like, oh, hell no, I wouldn't stay there. And then there's this little um, restaurant called Little Gardens, which is actually in Lawrenceville. And it was an 1800s plantation. And they say that they see a woman. Um, it was, uh, there was a woman who died there in the 1900s and that they see her um, sometimes and she'll like move dishes and silverware and sometimes throw them across the table. Oh, hell no. Oh my God. <laughs> I-, <laughs> I know. Like, oh, creep me out. <laughs> See, that same friend that I had the first experience with, she tried to get me to go with her to Bellevue Plantation. So anybody that, I don't know if you yes. remember it. Or, okay, yes, I do. Say, mm-hmm. They have a, a ghost tour, not only a ghost tour, but you also can stay inside the mansion in one of uh, certain rooms. And they say that sometimes you can see someone walking, you can hear things, you can see pictures move. And she's like, it would be so fun. We could just chill out and stay up all night and oh talk. Oh, God. Hell yeah, we'd be staying up all night. You've lost your damn mind. I- <laughs> yeah, that's a no. <laughs> I, I was like, girl, I want to do this for you so bad. I really do. But I'm telling you, I can't. I'm so sorry. Because I, all I picture is like the ring. Like that shit's going to follow me home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oof, yeah. so creepy. No, I can't. I cannot. So we um we were supposed to uh do one of the um just the tours, which they do uh, like a ghost tour from like eight to ten, and, and even that I didn't want to do, but we were going to, and it just the plans fell through. We didn't do it, so I don't know uh, if we if we ever will. But I just feel like you're just asking for trouble at that point. Can we just do a tour from um? 10 to 11.30 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about it. I'll be right there. You know what? She actually has, um, I don't know if you remember, there's a little place called Lambs Creek Church Road. It's a, it's a, off the, um, off of the main highway um, in, in like King George area. And there's a little church there that used to be used obviously for you know church and um it's a a christian church and it has been um um what's the word of uh uh, shut down for many 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 years and she lives across from it and they would go there like her and her other friend uh would go there at night sometimes just to see if they could see something i've been there with her once during the day and even that creeped me out like i just felt like something was there (laughs) in there and i i needed to leave yeah (laughs) I think some people need to have their heart checked more than others. Like they need to make sure it's still going, you know, so they go there so they can feel it beating and be like, all right, all right, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, um, I'm all right. I don't need, I don't need any of that. So yeah. I have enough, enough fear without any help. You know what I'm saying? Then <laughs> That's all the ghost stories and afterlife. I, let me not call them ghosts. Let me call them spirits because I, I you know what I'm saying? Anyway, that's the, all the spirit stories that I have, and I don't want any more. Yeah, yeah, same. I'm good. I don't, I don't need it. I can tell you one that's kind of uh, sweet, and I may get made fun of for um, really quick that I thought of was um, we uh, we rescued a dog a little while, like uh, several years ago. It was one of our first. Um, it was our first rescue of a dog that wasn't. Um, he wasn't well. <laughs> 
he, he had been found on the streets. He may or may not have been abused. We didn't know, but he was so scared and he loved our other dog. Like they just got along really well. And the, the lady at the pound, when we went to look said, look, he's got a week left and then they're going to euthanize. So you guys, you can make a choice. And Mm -hmm. so so we, we can't let that happen. We'll bring him home because we just didn't know if we were equipped for a dog. I mean, you couldn't touch him. I mean, you could touch him. He would bite you, but he would pee all over himself. He was horrified of people. Mm-hmm. And if you looked at him wrong, he'd fall on the ground and just shake. I mean, we don't know what happened to this poor dog. But like I said, he he just came out of his shell when he was around our, our other dog. So and we wanted her to have a buddy um, to play with. So we went ahead and rescued him. We had to put him on Prozac, the same Prozac that people take. They put him on Prozac because they said, you know what? He's just got so much anxiety and fear. This can help kind of balance him out the same way it does for people. So he was on Prozac. We saw a behavioral specialist to, to help us learn how to make him more comfortable. And um, she said, don't pet him. Don't look at him. Just don't even acknowledge him. Like, you know that all you want to do is just hug him and tell him it's going to be okay. But he doesn't know that that's, oh, you, you know, like dogs aren't the same as people. And you need to remember that if you leave them alone, they feel safe. You know, it's not like people where they want to be loved and hugged on really we do that for us so (laughs) all right Uh, and so we did that and we had to do that for months like we had to feed him by hand um, in order to gain his trust and we had to just don't pet him don't talk to him don't look at him Uh, one time something startled him we he was sitting on the couch and and something scared him he jumped up off the couch and shot across our coffee table which was glass by the way and thank god didn't break and hurt him or hurt one of us and shit all over our coffee table as he ran across it like (laughs) scared shitless huh he was was, (laughs) and you know you want to run after him and tell him it's okay but but we had to stop ourselves like okay you know what we just got to clean up the mess and just go back to just leave him alone and let him, you know, let him calm down. So we, we went through months of this. And then finally, it was like, you know, the best feeling in the world to gain his trust and to have him love us and want to play with us and, and yeah. get, you know, get to see his personality. Well, um, we had him for several years. And then just out of nowhere, so we don't know what happened. He may have been poisoned. He may have had something else. I, I mean, we just don't have any idea. He got really sick and he just passed away unexpectedly. And it was it was awful. So um, after he had passed away, I mean, we, we only went for, my gosh, I think it was only a week that we didn't, you know, we went back to the pound, we rescued another dog. We're like, well, you know what, I, we've got room for another and, and, you know, we, we should do that. Like we should honor his memory by having another dog. So, but there were certain times not too long after he passed away. And I know you can write this off as it's just, it's just what you're used to, you know, your mind plays tricks on you type of thing. But where I would swear he was behind me, you know, and, and I, it was no point where I didn't know he was, you know, I didn't know he was gone. There was no point where I forgot that he was gone or anything like that. But mm-hmm. it would be you know, a week or two afterward and the other two dogs that we had would be downstairs and I would just feel like he was there, you know, and, and I liked it. Like it was just kind of like, I, I hope that's true. You know, like I hope that's a real thing. Um, I don't know if it is, but I'd love to believe that, you know, dogs do that too, that he just wasn't ready to say goodbye yet. He wanted to make sure we were okay. You know, it's just like, it's a nice thought. Um, I should also, uh, I can add here just to um, give a little bit more interesting, maybe I saw, um, I don't think I ever told you I saw a medium before. Oh, we did too. But it was like not in an intimate setting though did you see it in an intimate setting we saw the yes. the one chick what's her name she's all over the tv she's like a little little short petite um blonde hair I'm not familiar with the name i i know who you're talking about but i don't keep up with Teresa her. caputo <laughs> there you go sorry i got excited <laughs> i i didn't see uh, um a uh, what do you call it? Um, um, a famous, a famous medium. Oh, right, right. I didn't, I didn't see that. I actually, this, this, see, this is where people are going to be like, okay, your friend is crazy. AT, you need best back off of this one. But <laughs> I would love to see one that's not famous in an intimate setting. I would have liked that a lot more, I think. 
Well, I have a, um, after my, after my sister passed away, um, I started seeing a therapist, but I didn't want a therapist that was like going to tell me to push on drugs. Like I wanted hippy dippy. I wanted somebody that was going to say breathing techniques and do yoga. And like, I wanted that person. I wanted somebody that was going to tell me to burn incense and like, you know, I, I just want something different. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted something that wasn't the norm you know like because I knew how to do all those things like I'm to give a little backstory I mean I've been on antidepressants anti-anxiety I've seen psychiatrists I've seen therapists like I know all of that but I wanted something totally different so I found um a uh she's called a psychotherapist and she does she deals with people with like PTSD and um survivor's guilt and all the stuff that I had uh because for anybody that doesn't know like ptsd doesn't only go with military you can get it anytime anywhere any reason and it can go along with the the loss of a loved one you know you can develop that so um so anyway i i really loved her she's very hippy dippy and she's more about well let's see if we can try this technique let's you know try to visualize that what can you do to make yourself feel better if you've got to take if if a bath is what makes you feel better in your home and you want to take three baths in a day take three baths in a day you know like she's just all about what natural things can you do that might relieve your tension so um anyway I had mentioned to her one day in passing that I really wanted to see a medium that I thought maybe that would help me maybe she could tell me my sister was okay, maybe it would help me get past how much I miss her, you know, and how like how guilty I feel, even though logically, I know I couldn't save her from cancer, just how guilty I feel that I could save her, you know. So, 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 yeah, I I had basket case after she was gone, just couldn't, like, you know, you think that you're going to be okay, because it's, you know, it's coming, you know, you've been told there's nothing we can do, but I was not prepared for what it would feel like when she was gone you know right. so yeah. um so i mean all that being said she this therapist said i i know a medium specifically one that i trust one that i've seen before myself one that knew more about me she's like i've seen several and i thought well this is why you're my therapist like this is why i get along with her so right. well um so she gave me the name of this woman and um my uh, i had i had a different um a different friend that had wanted to talk to a medium about her dad that had passed away. And and this friend, she's in her um, fifties and her dad had passed away when she was in her, I believe her twenties. And she's just, you know, dealt with that pain all these years and just wanted to find some kind of relief, you know, about it, but just didn't know who to trust. I mean, you see so many gimmicks out there. So I said, well, Hey, let's, let's try this, you know, person. And we drove way out to, I'm going to say it wrong. I think it's Gloucester is how you say it, but it, it, it's a ways out in the middle of Virginia. Um, that we drove out to see her and her name was Annette and she was teeny tiny little very soft-spoken person and I sent my friend in first because I was just terrified about what this was going to be was it going to be a a sham you know like a just a total joke and I was going to leave there more disappointed and distraught than I started or was it going to be like amazing and I was going to leave there with all these answers you know I just didn't know and I was so nervous so my friend went in, she came out, didn't say anything about how it went or how she felt about it. Cause she didn't want to, you know, ruin or change my experience based on hers. So I went in and she had me, um, she had me pick a stone out of this, this glass jar of stones. And it, <laughs> it kind of made me laugh when I picked one. She said, I knew you would pick that one. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> and I said oh okay you know and she said I want you to hold that stone in your hand and I want you to um say you know say your name for me uh and and that was all that was the only information I had to give her now what I I should say when I booked this appointment I didn't have to give her anything but my first name I gave her my did not give her my last name my phone number my address nothing just my first name so there was no way for this woman to look me up on facebook you know to find any of my information there was no way she could have looked anything up about me uh except for when i was in the room like i guess it is possible maybe she could have had something like hidden earpiece but she had her hair pulled back i didn't see anything you know like i'm trying to like run through all the scenarios of what could have happened you know for her to know information about me and then she asked me if she could hold that stone and 
something personal to me, whether it was a piece of jewelry, whether it was my cell phone, just anything that I usually kept on my person or with me a lot. And I didn't want to take off my, my wedding ring. So I said, well, you can hold my cell phone. So I gave her, and my, it was turned off. She couldn't see anything on it. And, and she held it in plain view anyway. Like she just held it in her lap, like in her hands. And so she starts telling me about the type of person that I am. And I know that, again, you could have guessed some of this, but she didn't know me from Adam. And, and my friend did say when we, when we left there, she's like, I didn't say anything about you. I didn't tell her, you know, other than we were just friends and we had met out of that office that we worked in. And um, she said, you're, you're an empathetic person. You can walk into a room and if people are all smiling, you can tell who's fake. You know, you can tell the fake in the room. You can tell who has something they're hiding. You can feel when a person is lying. You can tell when certain things are going to happen. You know, like she just started saying all this stuff that I was like, holy crap. Like, how do you know that? You know, like just, and I just sat there and listened to all the things that she said and, and, you know, on the inside, I was like, this lady's legit. Like, how would you know, even if you searched my whole Facebook page, how would you know all this stuff about me? I don't post those kinds of things about myself. I don't talk about that. I, I am certain my friend that went in before me did not tell her about me. She wouldn't, she wouldn't do that. And what would she have to gain from it? You know? Mm -hmm. So um, then she said, could you tell me, is there anything you want to know? You know, are, are you looking for anything? Are you looking for any answers? And I said, well, my sister died. I didn't say what she died of. I just said my sister died and I really miss her and I want to know if she's okay. And she said, you know, your sister was prepared to die. She was ready. She knew. Now, how does she know that? Like, right, I didn't right. tell her any of that. Mm -hmm. And she said, she's okay. And she wants you to know that she's okay. She wants you to know that you always made her laugh. And oh my God, AT, that's all I would say was like, I couldn't help her through the chemo. I couldn't help her. But if she needed someone to make her laugh, that's what I was there for. If she was sad and she wanted to laugh, she would text me and say like, hey, I'm getting my treatment right now. Make me laugh. I don't feel good. You know, and so I would just send her dumb faces that I would make or I would send her dumb things, that would, anything at all that would brighten her day up at all. Right. So, like, and she knew that, you know, she said, you always, you always made her laugh. She loved you very much. She's okay. Um, you know, and, and she just... And then it was funny because my, my mom had also passed away and you know, my mom and I didn't have a great relationship. And she said, um, somebody else in your family is, is gone. Somebody that, that was really close to you. Now she didn't say I was close to her. She said right. she was close to you. And I said, well, my mom passed away. And she said, your mom wants to tell you that she's sorry. And I said, my mom would never say that. And she said, she knows, she said, she wants to tell you that she's sorry she wasn't the type of mom that you should have had. She never wanted to fall into the social norms. She didn't want to be that homemaker mom that cooked and cleaned. She wanted to be a different person. And she knows that she pushed you aside for that. A.T. All that shit was true. How would she know that? Like, I never posted anything about stuff like my mom and stuff like that. No freaking way she could know all of that stuff. Yeah. And and the fact that, you know, like, and what's so weird is I had had like a little premonition, you know, just kind of thinking of like, what if this conversation, what if that conversation, and I swear to you, I know people are listening, like, she's crazy. Um, I had a whole conversation in my head before I got there about how this lady's going to tell me my mom says that she's sorry, and I'm going to tell her my mom would never say that. And that exact conversation happened where she said, your mom wants me to tell you that she's sorry. And I said, mom would never say that. <laughs> so it was just nuts. And she was like, your mom didn't want to go. Your mom tried really hard not to go. And that, that was true. And, and not that, you know, a lot of people don't try to not die. You know, people don't want to die, but she is right about that. My mom <laughs> Like, I don't want people listening to be like, uh, duh, stupid. Like, <laughs> so, um, so it was really cool. When we left there, I said to my friend, you know, how did it go? And she said, well, why don't you tell me how yours went first? So I told her, you know, some of the stuff. And like, it was really neat. Like, I, I'm really glad we went. And she said, I, I didn't feel like she told me anything. Like, she was very disappointed in her experience. Oh, and, um, but see, she wouldn't give anything because she was like, I didn't want to give her any answers. So I didn't even tell her who passed away or I didn't, you know, like she was so secretive about it yeah. and I'm not blaming her, but I felt like, well, you didn't give her anything. And it's not like I gave her 
all this information. I didn't tell her my sister passed away from an illness. I didn't tell her it was unexpected or expected. You know, I didn't tell any of that stuff. I didn't tell her anything about my mom at all before she started talking about her. So um, I took my my best friend, um, the same one that was, you know, riding with me in the in the car. Um, I took her to go see this lady um, not too long after that because she was really interested. So I had another like reading or whatever you call it with her. Um, did she remember I, you? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I didn't ask if she did or didn't. And there wasn't a lot of, she, there wasn't a lot of talking beforehand. And, and I had my friend go first and I actually sat in the room with her for hers. And then she sat in the room with me for mine, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't do with the first friend. But um, the lady looked over at my friend and my friend, she's got a lot of, of um, problems, like a lot of, uh, uh, illnesses that she's had to deal with in her life and the lady looked at her and said um I I don't know how much you want me to talk about you personally with someone else in the room would you like me to ask your friend to leave and she said no she knows everything about me you can you know you can talk it's fine um so the the woman said well you know, she started talking about my friend's illnesses. Like she, like she has stuff you couldn't see stuff you wouldn't ever know about. Yeah. And stuff she'd never post about on Facebook or on any social media. Like she doesn't talk about her illnesses to too many people. Most people don't know what she deals with every day. So, and she started talking about that. She started talking about her boyfriend that she had at the time and how saying really nicely, how he wasn't good for her. You know, like she didn't come out and out say that, but it was like stuff where I was like, damn, she right about that. (laughs) (laughs) And then she looked up at her and said, "Um, who's the cake maker? Like who bakes cakes? Somebody, somebody bakes cakes. Cause I'm just getting this, this feeling of like cakes. And my friend makes like these crazy, amazing cakes, never posts about them, never shares pictures about them. She made my wedding cake for me. Like she's, she does an amazing job. Never gone to school. Just picked it up one day. Just decided I want to make cakes and just started YouTubing videos and doing it. Wow. And I was like, if you could have seen my face when she said, who makes the cakes? I was like, whoa, no, she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> and the very last thing about all that, because I feel like I rambled plenty about this, was that when she did my second reading, I said, I found out that I have a brother and I found him through ancestry and I'm starting to kind of find a little bit more about my birth family, what's going on. And I just guess my question is how, how is that going to go? Do you have anything that tells you, you know, how this is all going to play out for me? And she sat there and she looked like she didn't want to say anything. And she said, well, you're going to find out a lot. You're going to be disappointed. And she was like, but make sure that you and your brother go through it together, that you never lose sight of the fact that, that you found each other and that you love each other. Don't ever let this tear you apart. And it, yeah, as the weeks went on, I did start to find out this information about my birth family and some things that were very disappointing and some things, you know, that I kind of like got frustrated with him for and he got frustrated with me for. And I had to remember like, you know what? She warned me, like, I've got to be careful. Like, right. So. So anyway, wow. that's my that's my spiel of all that. And some good stuff you got there. <laughs> now that's that's it. That's what. Hope I didn't ramble it on too much. I didn't even think about talking about that until we got to, you know, discussing the other stuff. And I thought, oh well, when else could I, you know, bring all that up? So. No, I thought it was quite interesting. But um, so we're done with this. I'm out. That's it. <laughs> See you. <ya. laughs>